Uh, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to Highlight Church Online. We are so happy that you're with us today. And um, man, we're just, we're excited. We're excited. Today is number one, it's Father's Day. So let's give it up for our dads out there. So happy Father's Day to you, dad. And it's also the first day of summer. So man, have you been, have you been staying cool? Have you been dressing pretty cool? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, babe, thank you for making me a father not too long ago. Give it up for my wife, everybody. She's here. Made me a father not too long ago. I love you too. And we have Anissa right behind me. Hey girl, how you doing? Good, good. She's our light group superstar. Like give it up for Anissa. Wow. And there's some other wonderful people here, but at, at any rate, I love you all. Glad you're here. Glad you're here again. And we're about to launch and, and get off into our message for week two of Fresh Water. Yeah. And so um, I want to give us some context before we dive into the word um, today. And I also want to encourage you. Yes, it, it's Father's Day. And uh, many of us have had great earthly fathers. Some of us have had, you know, more tougher situations as it comes to our fathers, but I, I just really want to encourage you that, that God is the restorer and redeemer of all things good. And so whatever your situation was growing up or currently is with your earthly father, you have a heavenly father that, that loves you and he's for you and uh, he has great plans for you. So we're going to dive into this message. This is week two, once again, of fresh water. This message is about the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to take a different angle so just hang in there. Go ahead and prepare your, your pens and your notepads. We are a note-taking church. Yeah. And so um, go ahead and lean in. Hopefully you're awake. You got your coffee or, or your lunch or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Hopefully you have everything that you need to go ahead and lean into this message. So uh, like I said, let's give you some context. Abraham is considered the father of our faith. Abraham. And so God called him in Genesis 12 to leave Ur of the Chaldees and, and to follow him. And God gave him these great promises. And God said, go and I will show. And so some 25 years later, Abraham had a son named Isaac. And um, once Abraham passed away, Isaac began his, his journey. And um, as Isaac started to get on the way with his life. There was division in Isaac's home uh, between his two sons, Jacob and Esau. And, um, and on top of that, Isaac finds himself in a season where in the area that he lives, a severe famine has, has struck that area. And so, you know, Isaac's following God, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And, and so I, I will never be a church that preaches, you know, when you come to Jesus, it's going to be perfect or it's going to be easy or it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not. It's not always easy following God. But nevertheless, what we can be encouraged by is, is that Isaac still trusts God and he's following him. And so this particular famine has been due to a drought, a drought. So very low rainfall. Uh, which has played into de decreased crops, decreased livestock, wow. and as a result, increased starvation. Wow. Wow. And so Isaac is dealing with a, a famine due to low water levels. Wow. 
Uh, much like last week, we, we talked about two signs or two symptoms of uh, spiritual dehydration. What I want to start off this week, I want to give you two signs of spiritual famine. I want to give you real quick two signs that you are experiencing a, a spiritual famine or that we are experiencing a f- spiritual famine. Number one is mass fear. Mass fear. Um, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't hesitate to say that right now there's a lot of fear out there. Um, and, and just a lot of people are, once again, uncertain and fearful, doubtful. They don't know how tomorrow is going to come out. They don't know what the end of the year is going to look like. I, I've been talking to you, babe, about um, looking at everything going on across the world with COVID-19. Um, Beijing has shut down colleges again. And now there's this new fear of a second wave of, of shutdowns coming. So mass fear. And the second sign of spiritual famine is mass mobilization. Mass mobilization. So, so one reason you would, you know, move around, try to, try to get your, you know, your feet, your feet grounded and your, and your life grounded in a famine is to try to find somewhere where there is food and, and hydration and, and resource. And even right now with all the protests and the movements and the, once again, the division and the back and forth, there's a lot of movement going around. And it's because we are spiritually famished as a society. And so Isaac is, is on the move and we're gonna go ahead and pick it up in Genesis 26, verse one. And it says this here, a severe famine had now struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land in Gerar. I want you to notate that. That's going to be so key as we move forward. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. And then if you skip down to verse six, the Bible says, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. Isaac stayed in Gerar. So Isaac is is in a certain place and, 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 and so God says, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Egypt was going to be southwest of where Isaac was. Um, Isaac would have been tempted to go down to Egypt because Egypt is neighbor to the Nile River. It hosts the Nile River. And the Nile River has plenty of water. As a matter of fact, in this time in history, Egypt was the most powerful nation and kingdom in the world. So while Isaac was experiencing famine and lack and there was death all around him, the easy choice would have been to go down to Egypt where everyone was prospering. And so Egypt is thriving with crops and and livestock and hydration. Egypt is the easy choice. Egypt makes sense. Egypt is, I can see this thing working. Gerar is in the total opposite direction of Egypt. So while Egypt was Southwest, Gerar was heading Northeast. And not only that, this is crazy. Not only that, but Gerar is in the middle of, of just, it's inland. (laughs) There's no water anywhere near the city of Gerar. 
No water in sight. So, so God, let, let's think about this. God, there is a famine due to drought. And you're telling me not to go to Egypt where the water is. Instead, you're saying go further inland away from the water. Gerar's not the easy choice. Gerar doesn't make sense. Why would we move inland during a famine that has been produced by drought? And I need you to go ahead and jot this down. Number one, it's because the Spirit calls you to live by faith. The Spirit of God calls you to live, to live by faith. And it says this here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, but we live by faith not by what we see, not by what we see. And, and oftentimes just, you know, you, you may want to notate this, the spirit and our senses don't always align. So, so what was pretty evident moving to, to Egypt, to the Nile River, it wasn't God's choice. What, what made sense was not God's choice. And, and so Isaac would have said, well, there's the water. There are the crops. There are the people. They look fine. They look happy. They look like they're having fun. But oftentimes God doesn't call us to live according to, to our senses. Going inland doesn't make sense. Having hope in a season like this as a follower of Jesus Christ doesn't make sense sense. So the Bible says live by, live by faith, right, right. faith. And, and, and the thing about faith is, is, is that faith, faith is intangible. Yep. Faith, faith is, is trusting God. Faith is that thing that you cannot, you cannot feel. Right. Faith is going towards that thing that, that you can't see, yep. but that God is, that God is calling you, yeah. calling you toward. The second quick note here is, is that the spirit calls you to live a life of obedience. The Spirit calls you to live a life of obedience. When a person gives their heart to Jesus, they receive, we we talked this last week, right? They receive that fresh water, the Holy Spirit. And one thing Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is he said, he will guide you in all truth. And, And Jesus said that when the Spirit speaks, he doesn't speak of himself, but he tells you what he's received from me. And, and, and so whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, it's Jesus talking to the Spirit to tell us where to go. And so whenever, whenever the Spirit of God is, is telling us where to go, we have the choice. We either obey or disobey. And so Isaac, in this moment, he has a choice. Do I stay in Gerar or do I go to Egypt? Do I trust God or do I take matters into my own hand? The questions we need to be asking ourselves in this season is what did God tell me to do? And did I do what he told me to do? So a life of faith and a life of obedience. A life of faith and a life of obedience. Why is this important? Go ahead and write this down. Because a lack of faith plus a lack of obedience equals emptiness. A lack of faith plus a lack of obedience 
will bring you further and further and further into spiritual famine. But the opposite is true. Go ahead and write this equation down. Faith plus obedience always equals blessing. Faith plus obedience always equals blessing. We just read the text. God said, if you would stay here, I will bless you. I know it takes faith, but stay here. I know it doesn't make sense, but stay here. I know you you should be going to Egypt, but I want you in Gerar. Stay here. Stay here. And you got to ask yourself this question. Would you like a foe or a fob during a spiritual famine? (laughs) Would you like a F-O-E or would you like a F-O-B during a spiritual famine? A a foe is, is an entity that opposes you. It opposes the plan of God. It opposes the will of God. It opposes growth. It opposes development. It opposes forward movement. A foe is is something that opposes what the spirit of God wants to do in and through your life. Do you want a foe or do you want a fob? I love my key fob. I love my key fob. I can't get out the car without my key fob. I, I, I don't like punching in my digits to get in my door. That's too much work. It's too much work to try to do it myself. So this, this fob, this fob, I mean, I get out the car and I can go through the back door. I can go through the front door. And, and this fob gives me access to my home. And in my home, there's food. There's shelter. Come on, Isaac. There's clothing. There's rest. My kids can do whatever they want to do. They can play how they want to play. They can be who they want to be in my home. And it's all because this fob gives me access to everything I need. So faith and obedience will always lead you toward the blessing of God. Do you want a foe? Or do you want a fob in this season? It all starts with faith and obedience. And so let's pick it up here in Genesis 26. We're going to go ahead and go to verse 13. Um, Verse verse 12, we'll, we'll skip down. It says this here. When Isaac, here it is, watch this. Here's the blessing. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested 100 times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. Hold on now. So, so he, he went away from the water, but he harvested a hundred. Uh, let, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. And it says this here. He became, a, he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. And it says this here. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells, water, with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Let me tell you, you have an enemy who is a generational fighter. So whatever your parents did not overcome, the enemy is going to try to come back into your life to stop you from overcoming the same thing. 
You got a generational enemy. And it says this here, verse 16. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley. (laughs) So, Lord, not only do you take me away from the Nile River, but you move me inland, and now I got to go down into a valley. And it says that this is where they set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac, it says this here, also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley, watch this, and discovered a well of fresh water. So, so valleys, you see that fresh water in the valley. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But valleys often in, in scripture represent hard times and, and, and struggles, low places. And, and we're all familiar with, with valleys. We're, we're all familiar with, with low places and not, not, being, not being at our best. But unless you learn to do an in-depth study of scripture... Valleys also represent fertile places. And, and, and so what may be a hard time to the naked eye is really a wellspring of, of blessing beneath the surface. So, so what you may see as a valley currently in your life right now, or what you may see as a struggle with the naked eye, really under the spiritual surface of it, what you can't see is a wellspring a wellspring of blessing. I remember in 2000, 2012, uh, we were just married, recently married, and uh, ordained. And um, I'm, I think I'm adding an extra year, baby. 2013. 2013. That's how much I love you. It was 2013, recently married, and uh, we were obeying the call of God on our lives. And it's just like, it was just a great season, yeah. right? I mean, but um, we got pregnant quick. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to me. And, um, and a lot of you know this story, but I'm going to give you some, some details about this particular valley that we found ourselves in in this season. But uh, my wife, she, she went on bed rest at 18 weeks pregnant with Judah. The doctor said she was carrying too much fluid in her belly. And so um, had she continued to work, she was a nurse, had she continued to work, that would have jeopardized some, some things. And so instantly, 77% of our income went out the window. And um, at the time, I was part-time, um, part-time pay, uh, full-time hours, but we were following the call, the call of God. We were obeying the call. Like I said, I was in ministry and, and, and growing and, and, you know, but it, it, it was tough. So we had to move out of our home about three months later. Uh, we eventually got 60, between 60 and 90 days behind our car payment. And so uh, Capital One kept calling me, like, when are you going to send the, the check? You know, when that number pops up, you don't want to pick up. So you just... Oh, that's Capital One. I'll send it when I send it. 
Well, on top of that, our catalytic converter had just fell, and that was a $1,500 repair. And so we had uh, my wife and I, our oldest son, Jay, had one in the oven, and we had our dog, Nemo, and uh, we had no car. And uh, I remember the, the church that I was staffed at, Real Life, Real Life Church, amazing church there in Claremont, Florida. They gifted us. And, and I remember when I first met you, I said, I'll never in my life own a minivan. Never. But man, God, God will humble you, man. When, 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 when he has big plans for your life, whoo, you, better, you better watch the humble. The humble's coming. Get in that valley. You ain't gonna die. You're going to be all right, but I need you in this valley because I'm, I'm building something in you. And so a 2004 green, dark green Chevy Venture. And uh, two things worked on that sucker, the AC and the gas pedal. And that's, that's all that mattered. We bought Judah home in that thing. Yeah. Oh, man, we, we got up the road. And oftentimes we couldn't afford to pay our $500 rent. My mom, we love you. And um, we were on WIC, we were on food stamps, but we were also pastoring. We were also praying for people and being there for people, supporting people. And what, what what I come to find out is that the valley is where dreams and vision and potential come to die. The, the valley is where it all comes to die. And it, it, was, it was in that season, that valley season. It was a lot of nights of tears and, and pain and heartache. And like I said, we've been through many valleys, but this is just one in particular that was very hard. It was, it was tough and, and, and we were tempted. We were tempted at times to, is this worth it? Is trusting God worth it? Is obeying God worth it? Is, is, is this worth it? The valley is where dreams, vision, and potential come to die. But I want to encourage you, go ahead and write this down. Don't die in the valley, dig in the valley. Don't die in the valley, learn to, learn to dig in the valley. Go ahead and give me that shovel there, um, Francie. Don't die in it, dig in it. And I want to give you three shovels to dig with. Yeah, see this sucker done did some work. Yeah. <laughs> Don't die in the valley digging it. I want to give you three sh- shovels. When, when you're in a valley, you got you to gotta learn to dig. Three shovels. And they're going to sound familiar to the pillars of clarity from week one. But the first shovel is the shovel of prayer. I mean, we... <laughs> We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and cried and prayed and punched some holes in some walls and prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And in Matthew 7, Jesus says, ask and seek and knock and it shall be given unto you. We prayed and we prayed. We gotta, I believe that this is a season where God is attempting to cultivate a, a, a lifestyle of prayer in our faith. He, he's trying to call us back to him because he wants to hear from us. 
he wants to speak to us. It says this here in Philippians 4, 6, 7. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. So, so one, one blessing of, of digging with this, this prayer shovel is that peace will begin to well up on the inside of you. That, that peace will take over your thoughts. That peace will, will overcome your worries. A peace that no one can understand. Man, we're in a famine. Man, we're in a valley. Man, the world is in shambles. Why do you have so much peace? Because I've been digging with the shovel of prayer. I've been, I've been digging with the shovel, with the shovel of prayer. Psalm 34, 4 through 6 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened and he saved me from all my troubles. So peace within and then the Lord fights without. And so there are a lot of things that we're trying to, you know, God's like pick up this shovel of this shovel of prayer. We're trying to dig with our hands. We're trying to we're trying to dig it up with our hands. And, and God's just saying, if you would pick up a shovel, it'll be a little bit more easier. It'll be a little bit more easier for you. This is letting God do the work when you pray. But a lot of us, we're going through life in this season. We're trying to dig it up with our hands and we're not quite getting anywhere. So when you pray, you, you get God on the job. The second shovel that you need to go ahead and pick up is the, the shovel of Scripture. The shovel of scripture. When we were in that season, we, you remember, babe, we, we read the story of David, yeah. King David. Yeah. It was daily. We, we, we read David. And every single day when we would come together every night before bed, we would talk about what we read. And, and, and it was almost like God was specifically speaking to our situation. That's the shovel of scripture. That's the shovel of scripture. And you don't always see it, but you're slowly but surely tapping into that wellspring of blessing. Because God, God wants to reveal something to you when you read the scripture. And, and it's not about reading the Bible. It's about asking for revelation. Yes. And the word says that um, in Psalms, it says that his word is a lamp into my path. And what that simply means is, is that in ancient Israel, there was enough light as you were walking in the dark for you to see your next footstep. It gets dark in valleys. And you can get discouraged if you can't see in front of you. Wow. And so the word of God gives you that clarity yeah. and that revelation you need. The shovel of scripture. And the third shovel that I want to encourage you to dig with is the shovel of community. So community. I want to encourage you in the season, don't go at it alone. Yeah. Don't go at it alone. I think, I think one of the... I want to be nice here. I think one of the, the most unwise th 
things that you can do right now, one of the most unwise things that people can do right now is disconnect from the community of faith. You notice Isaac had servants. He was not alone. Abraham, his father, had people. He was not alone. Moses was not alone. David was never alone. Jesus himself was never alone. Paul was never alone. There's something there across scripture about the power of the the local church in a community of faith about that shovel of community. So in in Acts chapter two, we talked about this two weeks ago during the happy habit series, your happy place message, even last week with the, the pillar of clarity in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit came and the believers of Jesus received the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And the first thing that they did when the Holy Spirit came and the church was born was they came together. And the Bible says that they dug and they devoted themselves to scripture, prayer, and community. And the result was the goodwill of everyone. So as we collectively dig with the shovel of prayer, scripture, and community, the result will be blessing from the spirit of God. Do you see that in the text? It says Isaac and his servants dug and they tapped into that fresh water. The blessing of the spirit of the spirit of God. And so I want to encourage you right now, just just a quick plug. If you haven't signed up for a light group, go ahead and get in one. Don't 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 go at the season alone. As a matter of fact, I got my light group superstar right here. Been killing it. What was that you say? New hair, new me. I love it. Man, I watch that video at least once a day. It is, it's golden. We love you, Anissa. And it says this here. So, so, so God was saying, don't go to Egypt, go to Gerar. So some 600 years later, um, Isaac's descendants would be leaving Egypt, Egyptian slavery. Moses would be leading them out. And God is going to give Moses a description of where Isaac was going that he did not give Isaac. And this is why you're called to live by faith. Isaac doesn't know as he's moving what was underneath that surface. That's why that that land is still being fought over because it's the most abundant land in the entire world right now. But I'm going to give you a description of what God already knew was under the surface. So it says this here in Deuteronomy 8. He says this here through Moses. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. Ooh, there it is. What, what looks like trouble in a valley on the surface. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is common as stone and copper is as abundant in the hills. That was the very land that God was calling Isaac to. And think about it. Think it. If Isaac had saw it as a, oh man, that's inland. That's just the valley. If they had not dug with prayer, if they had not dug with scripture, if they had not dug with community, they wouldn't have tapped into what was beneath. 
And then it says this here in 1 Chronicles 4, more years later, and they traveled to the region of Gerar in the east part of the valley, seeking pasture land for their flocks. They found lush pastures there. And the land was spacious, quiet, and peaceful. Sounds in stark contrast to fear and instability. Spacious, quiet, and peaceful. And sometimes we're like, God, get me out of this valley. God, get me out. Throw me a rope. I'll climb. Get me out. Get me out. Get me out of this valley. And God's like, sometimes the blessing is right under your feet. It's, 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 right. it's still in that family. It's still in that marriage. It's still in that home. It's still in those children. Come on, church. It's still right there where you're planted in that valley. That's where the blessing is. I'm so thankful that we didn't move to a big city to start this church. I'm thankful we, we didn't go to New York. I'm thankful we didn't go to Miami. I'm thankful we came to a burg. I'm thankful that right here in Gaithersburg, is the blessing. Right here in Gaithersburg is the goal. Come on, church. Right here in Gaithersburg is the water. It's right here. Stop trying to climb out of your valleys. It's right here. Dig, 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 dig. It's right here. Don't try to climb out. Dig. Dig. Are are you feeling this? Don't go to Egypt. Go to Gerar. Because what God is saying to us, just like he was trying to get to Isaac, I know what's under. If you would just do the digging. It doesn't look like you want it to look. But if you're if you're spirit led. If you're right. walking by faith, That's right. if you're walking in obedience, yes. if you would dig, put in the work, cool. you tap into what the Spirit of God is trying to bless you with. Here it is, Genesis 26, verse 20. It says, but then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. Mm-hmm. Here's the enemy again. As you grow in in your relationship with Jesus and as God blesses and as he gets you into community, when when you first say, hey, I'm going to sign up for Super Steps to serve and to change the world and to serve people and to become more like Jesus, here comes the enemy. You know you're losing your Sundays. Devil, I ain't losing my Sundays. Watching some grown men in tights. <laughs> is that all we're doing on Sundays these days? Just, is, is that what your Sunday is composed of? Idolizing football players who don't care anything about you? Yeah. you you're losing a Sunday, huh? But that's where the devil comes in at, right? You know, uh, you're losing your Saturdays. You could be going out. Mm. 
Whenever God starts to bless you, watch the enemy start to come and pour some dirt. Start to discourage and to distract and to just watch this. Here it is. It says they came and they claimed, but then the shepherds, this is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdmen. So Isaac named the well Isaac, which means argument. Watch for the spiritual argument when you're following the spirit of God. 21, Isaac's men then dug another well, but again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Watch the spiritual hostility. Watch the hostility in your home as you follow the Lord. Watch the hostility within yourself because there's a part of you that wants to follow God. You want the fresh water in your life, but then there's that flesh that wants nothing to do with God. Paul says in the book of Romans, the spirit wars against the flesh. Watch that hostility begin to pop up as God is about to start blessing your life. And it says this here, abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. Enough space for us to prosper in this land. So a year after that, that valley that we experienced, um, my wife had, was awakened by a dream. It was around three o'clock, early 2014. And there's this woman, she was screaming yelling out in this dark room with this Bible business suit attire. She was saying 21 oceans, 21 oceans, 21 oceans, just kind of very urgently. Just, she was bothered as if to say, we need help. And so you turned around, babe, and, and you got on your phone. And like all of us, all we know to do at times is to Google. <laughs> and she scared me. It was three in the morning and she said, babe, I just had a dream. This woman was yelling 21 Ocean. So she Googled it. And, and the first link led her to 21 Oceans Avenue, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And at this time, we're praying about where to start Highlight Church. And so we held on to it for about six months. The demographic of Rehoboth did not match the burden to pastor in a diverse area. So we started to look at the, the vast expanse, King James version, not open space, this NLT stuff, but the vast expanse or the open space around Rehoboth that matched the diversity that God had laid on our hearts for the vision. And, and over the course of a year, it landed us, that neck, that 2015 June landed us in Maryland. And, and now today, we, we, we have a vision to, to start 20 locations across the state of Maryland. It, it's the vision because more people need to know. Go ahead and write this down. More people need to know that Jesus always has open space for you. More people need to know that God loves them and he's for them, and he has a great plan for them. 
And we've seen God do so much in three years. And in this open space that, that he's provided us, I want to give you these three real quick things, this open space that Jesus has for you. Go ahead and write this down. The first thing that Jesus has for you is number one, a fresh start, a fresh start, a fresh start. Right now, many of us, we, we don't need resource. We don't need to move. We don't need to fear. We just need a, a fresh start. We need to know that our heavenly father, he loves us and he's chosen us. He's, he loves you. You're chosen. You're called. Ephesians 1 says that you've been set apart before the foundations of the world in Christ Jesus. God loves you. He adores you. He sent his son to die on a cross for you. And he wants to give you a fresh start today. Many of us, even Christians, we need, we need to know that there's a fresh start. We feel like we've dropped the ball. We feel far away from God. We feel as though we've sent too much to come back to our earthly father. Jesus provides in his open space for you a fresh start. The second thing that Jesus provides in this open space is the filling, a filling of the spirit, an infilling of his spirit. Understand that as they, as they tapped into that fresh water, which represents the Holy Spirit, the same water that they tapped into, they were going to be able to partake of. And so we, we taught last week that after you receive Jesus, you simultaneously, I'm sorry, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to run dry anymore. Yeah, the gift of the spirit. The spirit leads you in all truth. The spirit comforts you. The spirit brings you back to the father. The spirit guides you. The spirit is your friend. The spirit allows you to number three, have fruitful seasons. So in this open space that Jesus has for you, there are also fruitful seasons. God is not done with you yet. And that's what Isaac came to find out. There's division in my home. There's a famine in the land. But as long as I, I'm spirit led, I can experience a fresh start, infilling and fruitful seasons. God is not through. There's a purpose. There's a calling. There's a world that needs you. There's a world out there that's depending on you. And God is just ready for you to say, he's waiting on you to say yes, so you can bear fruit in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just want to invite you into a relationship with Christ on this Father's Day. If you don't have a relationship with God or if, you've, if you know Jesus, but you feel far from the Father, I just, I just had a sit down talk recently with, with a superhero, an amazing gentleman, but he felt distant from God, distant from God. And, and he said last week's message brought him back to the Father. So maybe you're a believer, but you feel so far. Just pray this prayer with me. God, God's a father and he stands like this. He stands with his arms wide open. So let's pray this prayer. Let's go ahead and this is gonna, you're gonna have a fresh start. Come on, let's pray together. Say, Father God, I believe that you are 
that you're good. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I give you my heart. I trust in you. Fill me with your spirit. I turn to you. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood on that cross for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for fruitful seasons ahead. And thank you for the gift of your spirit, that fresh water. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate and amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Woo, amen. Well, we love you. We love you so very much, and we're praying for you. If you made that decision and if you came to Christ, we're going to give you some steps during our post-hosting segment, but I just want to encourage you, get into a group. Get, get into community. We have so many great leaders waiting to come alongside you, walk with you, so that you can step into the true life that God has for you in Christ Jesus. We love you. Have a happy Father's Day, and uh, y'all take care. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah.